everybody, and welcome to Chala Talk. Uh, we are coming to you from 2021. We just wanted to apologize about our little hiatus. Um, you know how it is around the new year, everybody's going out of town, and especially with the pandemic, people got to quarantine. So we're deeply sorry about that, but we are back in 2021, excited to be here, and we are ready. Yeah, I think this is going to be the new year, the, the golden age of Chala Talk, per se. And, you know, in the, in the fall, we were refining our craft, but I think we're at a point where we can really push forward and we're gonna, bring, we're gonna be bringing you guys content that you're gonna be really happy with. And so I'm excited for the future of Holocaust. And there is simply no better way to start off the 2021 Holocaust season than with our very special guest, Ben Yoder. Ben, welcome to Holocaust. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So, have you tried challah before? Nope, this is my first time. All right, well, we've had plenty of first timers and we're excited to, that you're trying it here on Challah Talk. So a little, the story behind this challah, which I picked up this morning at the Grand, or DJ's as, Los Glencoins, right. as, we, as we call it. And I'm leaving and the woman at the register, whose name was Lucy, she said, I, I just don't like that bread. I just don't like it, I, I don't like it. So, I mean, I, many people in Glencoe would be very offended by this, but I sort of took it as a moment to share the history behind this bread. To teach. To teach. As a, it's a teaching moment. And we talked for five minutes. I ended up plugging the podcast. I said, hey, if you want some really good challah, tell me your hours. I'll bring you a homemade challah with a little bit of sugar, a little bit of cinnamon on top, maybe drizzle it in some honey. But, you know, Lucy, if you're listening, thank you so much for listening and, uh, you're gonna get some really good challah. But nonetheless, store about challah, let's dig in. Initial bite. Yoda, thoughts? Mm. I like it, it's got a little sweet taste to it. I got a good sweet tooth, so I'm really liking it. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Now, we, since, because of our hi hiatus, I haven't really had challah uh, since Hanukkah, really, which was mid-December, we're now in mid-January. Mm -hmm. So this really, it's really clicking. I, you know, I haven't had it in a while, and I, I think this is a pretty good store of a challah, if I must say. Yeah, it's definitely great. You get the bite, you get the chewiness that I, that I look for in a store of a challah specifically. The problem that I consistently have is the outside, and maybe this could be attributed to, to it being the winter time. It's a little bit cold. Right. Challah is seasonal. Right. Um, and, uh, but that's really the only down detriment to this challah that I'll say. Um, but otherwise, I think it's great. Um, Scoring, Jack? You know, if you had gotten this challah from another grocery store, its score would have been docked a little bit. But because it was from DJ's, my home grocery store that I've been to over 200 times, I'm giving this a 4.0. Mm -hmm. All right, perfect score on the unweighted GPA. Um, this, is a, this is a really good store-bought challah. And I'd just like to mention that we scored out of 18, three sixes, Hall of Fame. It's been done before, I believe, two times by Shapiro made Hollows, but I'm not going to toot my own. Debbie Schoenfeld. Yoder? You know, being a first-timer, I, I don't know all the different crafts of Hala, all mm -hmm. the different things that go into making the perfect one, but I'm going to have to go for a four with this one, you know. I like the taste. It doesn't seem like the best homemade one, you know, because from the store, but 
you know, gets the job done, I like it. So That's a very respectable score. Yeah, this is Temple Hollow for me, the type that you're going to dip in honey, the type that you're going to nosh on a little bit. We used to call it a Temple Jeremiah nosh and mingle at 315 before the, uh, the uh, Hebrew school begins. You go to a little space, you know, maybe play some foosball, right? You, know, you nosh and mingle. a little Madden Mobile. Yeah, you play a little Madden Mobile. The, the, those were, you know, that's the prime right there. But, you know, I, I don't really want to live, live through all those memories, even though they are good memories. Um, for me, this is a 3.8. So we got four, four, three point eight. Jack, math guy. Eleven point eight, right? Yeah, we've we struggled with math. Uh, yeah, might have to bring out the calculator. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's 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 dive right in. So, Ben Yoder. All right, we've we've I've heard your green team name be thrown a lot, thrown around a little bit. All right, Short King. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to tell us how that came to be, and you know what's the story behind that. Well, it really came through uh, two big things. The first being my stature. Obviously, I'm a short fellow, so that being the first. The second, there's a great song by uh, this really good YouTuber, Cody Co, right. called Short King, mm -hmm. um, which I'm a large fan of. Ask any of my friends, you know. I'm an avid listener of that song. So those two things being the reason why my green team name is Short King. Mm -hmm. So, pretty well documented, five foot eight point eight according to not the tallest guy. Lori Walsh, the doctor, five foot ten in cleats, hasn't helped me back without being condescending while being condescending. <laughs> um, you know, with being short for myself, I found that I've sort of had to make up for it a little bit with having a big personality. Definitely. And I, as I heard about you um, through freshman sophomore year, heard about you almost getting kicked out of the football games. Yeah. Being an integral part of school dances and the mosh pits, <laughs> sweating your face off. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love. Oh, yeah. What, where does this personality come from? I think it really started for me uh, freshman year. I came from a graduating class of 30 in my grade school. So I was like, okay, we're going from 30 kids to 4,000 kids. So... It's, you know, it's time to make a change. Like, I was pretty quiet back in the day, mm -hmm. but I was like, if I want to make friends and be all this stuff, you know, I got to become more extroverted. So, you know, I, I stuck to that. I still stick to that. So uh, that's really where I get my big personality yeah, from. Yeah. Um, so what would, you, uh, what would you say is the biggest con about being maybe a little bit undersized in terms of height? Uh, I think the biggest con would be um, being looked down upon by the female gender, mm -hmm. um, you know, they obviously prefer the taller people, but, um, you know, we overcame that. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we transcended above. So, so what you're trying to say is that Yoder, you're cuffed. Right yeah, now? I'm cuffed. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mazel tov. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, that's what we love to see. Love yeah. is in the air in Holland Talk. Oh yeah. Ben Yoder. I ran cross country and I ran track. Mm -hmm. And although we were never on the same team because you were a sprinter, you were a distance, mm -hmm. I always heard you were always a legend. You're always making a lot of noise yeah. in the field house. Um, so you're, uh, you do track a ton. What's, where did that start? 
So I first started track in seventh grade, kind of something that I was doing as cross training for soccer. Um, but through the years, it grew on me. And sophomore year is when I finally decided like, hey, this is what I want to make my main focus from now on. So I kind of just left soccer behind and I took up track as my number one thing. And it's all just because of the community, like the guys, they're my brothers, they're my family. And I couldn't ask for a better group of guys to hang out with almost every single day. I love that. And I, you know, for the Nutra community specifically, I'd say the main three sports are what football, basketball, hockey. But I think what we've seen and noticed through having some um, more non-traditional athletes on the podcast is that teams, aside from the, those main three, yeah. the cultures are so rich. Mm-hmm. And I guess, where do you think that comes from? You know, I, I can't speak for any other sports, but for track, it's a no-cut sport. So we get this huge, diverse group of people. There's 50-plus on the sprint squad alone. Um, and I think it, it all comes from a mix of the traditions that the coaches uphold and they show to all the guys. But then it also just comes from the guys themselves. Each one brings their own personality. And um, when you mix them all together, you just get this great, great group of guys. And when you put um, like team dinners and road trips and you know all that fun stuff that you do off the track outside of practices when you put it all together you just get this like great great chemistry yeah i think that's very similar um to what budin friend of the pod said on um about bowling yeah um just a, a lesser known sport <laughs> that but once those core group of guys they're they're so connected and so yeah. such teammates that mm-hmm. it's such a strong bond yeah i think the the greatest moment when I truly felt like every single person, like even the people that were outside of like the the core circle, when everyone came together was sophomore year at the end of CSL. We had just won the final race, the four by four, sealed the win for us. And uh, for our sprinters, a tradition is during our cool downs, we do our stretches and the final stretch, um, grasshoppers, we scream, we scream it. Yeah. Everyone's counting one, two, three, up to 15. So we're just screaming and we're doing this in the middle of a, in, in the middle of the fields. So all the teams are just hearing us do this. And it's, it's not just the core guys that are screaming, which is usually what happens in the, the practices. Cause like everyone's too scared to, to scream it when everyone else is around. But here, every single person was screaming. Every single person poured their heart and soul into those uh, cool down stretches. But that is the time that I saw everyone come together. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. Now, what would you say track, so what would you say about track is separates it from, you played soccer, so you know what it's like to play a different sport. Yeah. What, what do you, would you say separates? Because for me, I, when I ran track, mm-hmm. it was, the scent of the field house. Um, <laughs> they, they, I, feel, I feel like there's two different perspectives. There's the, the people that dread going there for KW, you know, running on the Olympic, uh, doing the ellipticals and whatnot. <laughs> but when you go down there at 345, after you've just changed, and you walk in that room, something clicks. Like, it just brings a wave of 
unbelievable memories uh, for me, like running with Sheen Patel. Um, legend. Absolute <laughs> legend. Um, but yeah, I would say that, that scent alone is something that, that really just brings me back to track. But what would you say? Yeah, um, for me, like walking down, getting into the field's house, that first whiff is, it just like switches me. Like I go into a, just a new kind of realm. Yeah, yeah I'm in a new realm, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I just go beast mode, you know, like that whiff of adrenaline, I'm like, all right, it's time to practice. Uh, 340 hits, and I'm like, all right, boys, let's warm up. Mm-hmm. And then from there on out, it's just mm-hmm. attack the rest of the practice. So, you know, with track specifically, it's so mono mono it's so mental. Yeah. So how do you train that side of the sport? I, I think you just train it by going harder in the practices than you would in the actual meet. You know, mm-hmm. like the coaches are always like, all right, you're going to take this at 70%, 80%, so not to injure yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's great because I know you want to prevent the injuries. But for me personally, I train myself to be ready for the pain mm-hmm. by experiencing the pain in practice, by always going 100%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. I've, I've seen people fall to that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. It's not one to use lightly. But for me, it has worked. And... You know, just going hard all the time, it it really works. That's great. Yeah. So do you think that, you know, that track has been, you know, there are a lot of stresses, you know, with going into Trier, whether it's, you know, the academics are obviously very, obviously very rigorous. So what has track done for you sort of outside of, you know, bringing you, uh, you know, the brotherhood and bond? What has it done for you as a person? It was... It was and still is, honestly. It's an escape for me. Like, mm-hmm. being able to run, you're just so focused on running that you don't think about anything else. And that was really good for me in the past because I was having to deal with my mom going through cancer. Mm-hmm. And just every single day going to track, being able to see the guys, just focusing on running, it was such a huge help for me. And it got me through it. So, yeah. Have you, like, maintained that mindset since the pandemic because obviously illinois high school sports of who knows what's going on i know they just canceled basketball mm-hmm. um but have you been able to kind of maintain that bond and run with your guys uh so not everyone but for me when we got our season canceled junior year mm-hmm. in march after that i was kind of like okay maybe there's still hope so i was still running every day outside of my house that period of time, um, then it got canceled because you know we got to the point where like school's almost over, so we're not gonna have a season anyway. Mm-hmm. I kind of fall off a little bit there, um, you know, just a mini depression kind of like right. you're just inside, you can't really do anything, you just feel hopeless. Yeah. Um, then summer came, you know, people started going out more, and I got to train with two of my guys. Daniel Griner, Drew Duckler. We woke up at 6 a.m. every single morning, Monday through Friday, to run at the Northfields track. And it was that kind of work that the three of us put in that's, mm-hmm. that's gonna hopefully like, put us in a good position this year for when track season comes around. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And you mentioned that your mom um, 
had cancer during your sophomore year. Mm -hmm. So could you just describe that period of time in your life and maybe how, you know, track was a release for you? Yeah. Um, when I like first got the news, it was over the summer before the school year had started mm -hmm. and like, it was tough. Like I, I had to play it off and I did play it off, but, uh, mentally, you know, it was, it was tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of felt a little more relaxed after I found out it was only stage one. Mm -hmm. um, both my parents being doctors, I was looking at it from a logical standpoint. Also, like stage one, most likely you're gonna beat this. It's gonna be tough, cancer's mm -hmm. always tough, but stage one, I knew my mom was gonna survive and that was kind of a huge breath of relief for me. But still going through the school year, um, I kind of had to push myself away from my family a little bit, mm -hmm. um, kind of just to, help me focus more but everything that I was doing sophomore year like running in track races getting good grades I always did it for my mom you know yeah mm -hmm. which um, it's turned me into a better student uh, the hard work I put into track made me a better athlete so I thank my mom mm -hmm. for a lot of that and being able to get away with track it, it definitely helped me yeah so I, I mean you know obviously going through such a tough time um, you know, what, what are some of the things that you learned from that experience? Uh, just to be able to express emotions, because I was, I was very quiet in that time period. I didn't share my emotions a lot, but afterwards, I learned that it, it's very important to express yourself. So that's one of the big things I took away from it. Uh, but another thing that kind of came with um, being more quiet was building the resiliency, you mm -hmm. know? Mentally and physically, like being able to withstand the pain in sports, I kind of got that from being mentally tough or having to deal with my mom. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you, you sort of mentioned that, you know, outside of your school being short, as I am too, so I can say that, um, you have you have a larger than life personality. I think this has been, we've seen this as neutral students at the, mosh pits and at the football games. So where do you get this pent up energy from that you just absolutely go all out and you just become the life of the party? You know, I just really like school spirit. So when there's a party going on or like a football game, like, you know, I just want to get the crowd hyped up. So, yeah. you know, whether it's being on Michael Beto's shoulders at, <laughs> at the football games or whether it's... A bunch of the guys just picking me up and tossing me around so I can crowd <laughs> surf or like starting like the mosh pits like that's all awesome I love doing that that's great yeah to, to be honest I don't really have a ton of nutrient or school spirit me um, neither I, 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 I don't want to say that but it's not the it's not yeah. the greatest thing but um I do have this kind of hatred for Loyola you know that's a yeah that's, that's just a thing comes with doing the podcast yeah. um you know, that's, that's part of the game, but, but um, you, you said that you almost got, you did get kicked out or you almost got kicked out of a new turf football game? Almost. So what happened is, so I was on Vito's shoulders, right? And then the security guard comes up to us and says, get down from there, come with me. So both Vito and I are escorted to underneath the stadium where the shed is. Mm -hmm. And I think... Principal Weckler was there. Playing <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. a dangerous game. Right yeah, and he was like, what are you guys doing? So we explained to him like, what we're doing. Year? 
No, this was sophomore, junior oh, year. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Lots of stuff happened sophomore year for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so he talked to us. He was like, what were you guys doing? And I was like, so just on his shoulder having fun. He was like, okay, don't do it again because you get seriously hurt. But um, yeah. yeah, and they just let us go back up. Yeah. That's fantastic. I you don't you don't see that type of school spirit often. Right. That's fantastic. I love that though, and uh, you know, I think that uh, Nutria is always so concerned with insurance. They'll always say like, yeah, it's an insurance risk. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's the logic they use. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I've played. I don't want to uh, incriminate myself, but I played on the turf when I've maybe not supposed to, and uh, yeah. the security guard they won't say, you know, we don't really want you to get get hurt and you know of course let's just say mm-hmm. you know you're an insurance liability <laughs> like, they just feed them that but they, they just gotta let the kids have fun sometimes yeah, you, know? you just gotta let yeah. the kids have fun mm-hmm. do you have a do you have a favorite um neutral football game moment jesse can i tell you something that you're, you might not even believe i've never been to a neutral football game oh my god never see i'm not i'm not blown away by that just because i've been to two maybe three yeah yeah um Simply because you know it's a very freshman year thing because it's a freshman it's at a freshman campus, yeah. mm-hmm. but um, it's really I think it is an overrated uh, part mm-hmm. of Nutria. I don't think I found much joy. Yeah. I, I, the, I think the most underrated part of uh, Nutria sports, besides the lacrosse team being dominant every single year, and that's very unbiased, obviously, but um, is the basketball games, which I've commentated the past two years. I'm sad that I won't be doing that again with my two partners, Chase Avery and my, uh, my, my young son, Johnny Fogel. But we absolutely, like, when Fogel's mom used to text, um, used to text him to say, Jesse, settle down. Because I'd be screaming into the mic so loud when some kid comes off the bench for Nutria and hits a three when they're up by 35 points. <laughs> because I, could, I would literally blow out people's eardrums with that. But uh, those games are an electric factory, I have to say. Mm. Yeah, the bummer that there's going to be uh, no basketball season. Basketball. Yeah, I mean. I do remember listening to one of your calls. Um, let's see, it must have been, must have been sophomore year mm-hmm. where I forget his name, but he like broke his. Oh, Sam Silverstein. Yeah, that's right. He broke his. Uh, and I remember you, you guys were like, the the ambulance. We could see the sirens <laughs> out, out there, out of the gates, gym, yeah. and then the stretchers rolling in. Like, <laughs> I, the, the, and I, I don't want to laugh at anybody's injury, but I, the best part of that was when they were leaving the, you know, when they were taking the kid out of the stretcher. And Fogel and I, we just started clapping into the microphone <laughs> because there was literally nobody in the gym, but we wanted to make it seem like there were. So, like, the, everybody in Gates Gym is, you know, coming together. And that was, yeah, but that, yeah, it, it's always fun. And um, especially seeing, seeing guys that you know from, from class on the basketball team who maybe aren't the stars, like, Specifically, Trevor Bame. Do you know Trevor Bame? No, I don't know. So Trevor Bame, he was the you know six seven man, and he was also in my broadcast journalism class, which is why I got to broadcast the basketball games. Mm-hmm. And whenever he would go in, he'd be like the Lamelo Ball of Nutria, Trevor <laughs> Bame. Nice. He'd come in, he'd go one for six from from three. Back to Yoda. Um, <laughs> so I guess you know. Big personality, creative, making the most of the time. In quarantine, and I participated with you on this a few times, you have created the sunflower. 
please describe this. Well, I can't take all the credit for the sunflower. I came up with the, I came up with the invention, not the name to mm. say, but basically what it is is a large circle of cars in the Nutria parking lot. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of said circle, you would put a spike ball mm -hmm. net and engage in a spike ball tournament. Yeah. I feel like we need, I know it was like a KW unit, um, very briefly, but I think we need a, I know it's getting popular, but we really need to popularize spike ball. A spike ball team? It's, it's such say, a fun game. It's, it I gotta is. say, you know, when, I, when I'm coming into this ring and I'm playing spike ball against a lot of the kids on the track team, I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I can, you know, win a couple games off these guys. <laughs> ben Yoder can play spike ball. We played religiously over the summer. You Everyone are, was. You are so good at spike ball. Yeah. This is the passion that we're talking about. This is why you're a guest. You you literally dove on the concrete. Yeah. What is this? Where does this passion come from, Yoda? It's it's passion, it's competitiveness, you know, it's it's the need to win. And mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that goes for track meets, that goes for the simplest things as spike ball, you know. It's a great game and I can play with virtually anyone, you know. I'd like to say that I'm one of those universal like puzzle pieces, just match them up with anyone. Love it. But um, if you ever uh, play against uh, William Terry and I, mm -hmm. just unbeatable. Unbeatable. You know, you get that the height from Terry, but then you get the the, the lateral the quickness, the lateral really? quickness, the low center of gravity. You don't know if I'm just gonna drop shot it or if Terry's gonna spike it and it goes 50 feet away. Yeah, I remember being in the Sunflower, and I, I think I was partnered up with our sound producer Leo and. <laughs> You know, Leo and I are great friends, but I don't think I, I don't <laughs> think we won a single game. Well, first off, it was, it was you and Yoda versus me and Grant Lies, and Grant Lies not obviously destroyed you guys. Yeah, they, <laughs> we we just don't have the chemistry. We got the all asphalt, and Justin and I were paired up, and we just got freaking destroyed. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it was definitely a nightmare. You you think that Leo and I would be able to put it together, but I guess we couldn't. We even brought our own kit. All right. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I'll ask both of you this. Are there other things like spike ball that you think just nobody else at Nutria can beat you at? For me, I think it's Wii Sports Resort, eight, <laughs> okay. eight, eight, 18 hole golf. I, I seriously don't think I'm losing. Ping pong at my house comes False. to mind. Nice. False. NBA 2K16. All right. False again. And GeoGuessr. Those, those, okay. those four come to mind. Here's the deal. From knowing you since for forever, GeoGuessr, I'll give you that. Ping pong, look, not to toot my own horn, but I was the all-camp champion at Camp the Bagger of ping pong when I was eight years old. So, ping pong, you can't beat me. GeoGuessr, I'll give you GeoGuessr. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, for me, I'd have to go with Mario Kart. Ooh, that's a good answer. That's a great answer. Yeah, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got I, anything else like Yeah, I look Leo's gonna Leo might kill me after this one, but no, Leo and that. just Leo and I we we played badminton over the summer and it's it's no secret, you know. You like literally any sport, Leo and I will, will go at it. But in badminton, for some reason, Leo just beat me. And it's embarrassing. Over multiple weeks. Yeah, over multiple weeks, it was a series that we had going. I, I was schwitzing, and I, you know, I would always say, oh, I just, pra I, just had, I was practicing, 
and Lee would come in fresh and he would just dominate. I came in the day I got my blood thrown out of me for a blood donation, and I played you and still won. <laughs> okay. I hope the audio didn't pick that up, but <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a niche sport that I would like to say I was dominant at, but Leo has my number in that game. Wiffle ball, I, I know I didn't play, it's, look, I didn't this play, kid. A, this kid, I didn't play a lick of, <laughs> this kid. I didn't play Nutri High School baseball, but I seriously think I could, like, Leo Miller has, you know, has mentioned, mentioned it to me, but um, I really, I seriously think I could strike anybody out. Okay. So moving on. Um, <laughs> Yoda, you used to play hide-and-go-seek with your friends during lunch sophomore year. Yes. I absolutely love that idea. Um, why wasn't I involved in that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, didn't, I don't think I didn't know you back then. But how did this begin, and tell us how much fun you had. This is at Nutra. Yeah, this is at Nutra. Sophomore year, um, it was... Our lunch table, we had Matt Budens in there, we had Grant Lukowski sitting Two there. Two legends. Grant Hogler, Mason Three Hugley. Legends. Four legends. Lots of guys there. <laughs> and you know, I'm a fast eater. The rest of them were particularly the fast eaters there. Nice. And you know, we like to talk. We talk from time to time. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you've got twenty minutes left in a lunch period and you know from a guy who loved recess. You know, you want to have something active to do Love it. in the middle of the day. So we were like, you know what, let's just go down to the back half of the atrium, you know, where all like the engineering classes are. Yeah. Completely empty hallway back there and just start playing hide and go seek. And I love that. that's how we started it. We loved it. So we just kept going for it the first semester. Do you have uh, any spots do you, that you remember being particularly um, hidden? Hmm. Uh, I think there was one time when I wedged myself like in between uh, like two carts of like wood material or something. Nice. That was a good hiding spot. But I think the skill really just comes from being able to like outmaneuver your opponents. Yeah. If you can get through those hallways fast, can't be caught. Mm -hmm. That's how it is. And you you have to not be afraid of what other people think <laughs> because sometimes if you want to outmaneuver, you're going to have to go out in the open like mm -hmm. where all the people are sitting down eating lunch. And if you're just sprinting full speed through there, <laughs> people are, like, people are yeah, What's people going? are asking questions and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You're just playing hide and go seek. Yeah, and that's just what you say. You're like, I'm playing hide and go seek, and you just keep sprinting past them. That's awesome. I love that spirit that you have. I, I recess is such a fun time. I wish they had that in high school. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously used for eating quickly and procrastinating. I can mm -hmm. definitely imagine you as an absolute recess legend. Tag, you're probably a beast at tag. God, yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah. God. <laughs> well, Yoda, it's been a, it's been a phenomenal time talking to you. You're such an interesting guy, a legend. Uh, you know, we wish you all the best. We know you're going to do fantastic things, and we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure to be here, and I just want to say good night, Gabriel Yoder. <laughs> That's Don't a, know what that means. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> It's, I, I guess that's your little brother, so yeah. It's my little brother. I'm wishing him good night because I'm going to force him to listen to this podcast as he's falling asleep yeah, every night. Yeah, so. now, on the podcast. We don't, yeah. we don't suggest you listen to this. This is not something to put you to sleep because this is a, <laughs> this is a uh, dynamic podcast. Yeah. But, but um, good night, Gabriel. Good night, Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was great. Yes. Uh, awesome.